Hello. Hi. I'm Linda. And I'm Melissa. And this is episode 45 of Louisville Not Kentucky. Episode 45? Yeah. That's a nice round number. Yes. It's always <laughs> nice to have uh, fives. I, I yeah, don't know that words. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, reunion years. Like when you have fives, like mm-hmm. people come back from their reunion. Also, I can do math by fives easier. <laughs> it's just nice. That's right. Well, Melissa, what are we drinking? I'm not really sure. It's uh, an old-fashioned of some sort. It's quite potent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, bartender Gabe made us old fashions with this. Uh, I don't know what this is called. There's so many words on it. It's an Oregon whiskey uh, that I got in Oregon. And I think it's called highfalutin, but it might be called whippersnapper. Oh, yeah, no, it's called Whippersnapper. Okay, it's called Whippersnapper. Maybe it's like the highfalutin brewery or or distillery or whatever. Yes, yes. All right, well, what do you think? It's good. That's pretty good. How how much does that bottle cost? Um, I think it was 25 some cents. Okay. And they don't have um, tax or like sales tax, so that's exactly what it is. I know, it's... Wow. They also don't, it's one of the like two states where you can't pump your own gas. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh, that in New Jersey. Yes. Exactly. Nice. I, I don't, is it, I mean, it's good because it creates jobs, but right. I don't know, not being from one of those states, I find it very odd. And I'm like, why must I interact with someone? <laughs> I would just like to pump my own gas. Well, it's funny because when I first came to Louisville, literally the first time I came, I got a rental car and my rental car ran out of gas or was getting close to running out of gas on um, Lexington Avenue. And so the person who was with me said, well, just pull into this gas station here and it's at the corner of Lexington and Shelbyville and Frankfurt. And they actually pump your gas, oh. at least back then. Yeah. They pumped your gas, and it freaked me out. I had no idea. I mean, I was like, I, I got out of the car, and they're like, "Get back in the car!" And I was like, <laughs> "What is this? What is going on here?" But it, you know, it's that's like the ultimate in luxury, like to have somebody pump your gas. I guess. Yeah, I guess I could get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> well. It's Derby. Yeah, Derby, Derby week. We're a little late with this episode. Yeah. Um, too much Derby fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a great weekend this weekend, <laughs> and unfortunately, it, it, it delayed the podcast. Yeah, we were just having too much fun. Okay. Um, but we finally went to the Kentucky Derby Museum. I know. Finally. So let's, uh, let's take a listen. So, folks, we're going to head out towards the racetrack there. I hope you're all able to hear. Let's head this way. My name is Barry Northern, and I'm the lead tour guide here at the Kentucky Derby Museum. And how long have you been with the museum? Three years. Excellent. And you mentioned that you'd been to a few derbies. This will be 35 for me. In a row? No. Oh, okay. I had some other jobs that interrupted the consecutive streak, but uh, it'll be third. My first one was at 16. I'm 57 now, so I missed a few in there. And uh, do you have a favorite one that stands out for you? Uh, 1996, when I was here with my Uncle Joe, because it was his 75th Derby in a row. In a row. In a row. 
even during the World Wars and everything, Uncle Joe would find a way to get home for the Kentucky Derby. So to come to be with him for his 75th in a row was pretty special. And who won the race? Brian Stone. Are you a better? Definitely. <laughs> ever, ever made a big win? Oh, sure. I won $1,000 on Grindstone. Oh, wow. Um, nice. That was a really good derby for yeah, you, Yeah, that was a good derby. That was a good derby. That was just luck of a draw in that one. Um, a few years back, me and four of my buddies, we put up 12 bucks a piece, and we bet a trifecta, and we got back 1200 a piece on the derby, so that was a good one. Yeah. You know, and I, but I've lost more than I've won. I'm not going to lie to you. That anybody tells you different, they're lying, or they don't come very often. Right. Yeah. How often do you come? Well, I'm here every day, pretty right. much, that they're racing. So, But as far as being a spectator? Well, if you know, I'm here every day, so I'm going out watching races every day. Yeah, if, they're, if they're racing here, I'm probably working. Part of our job is to take people out there to watch the races. So pretty much every day they're open, I'm probably going to be here. How did you come to take this job? just wanted to do something I enjoyed and I, I came over here and took a minimum wage part-time job and now it's worked into this and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Dream job? Yes. Yes. And how did you learn so much? Just, from just always been a fan, yeah. My mother loved it. I love all sports, but this has always been at the top of my list for sure. So uh, when I started here, there wasn't a heck of a lot of training because, you know, I knew most of the stuff. So, And I love to try to get other people to learn about it so they can enjoy it as well. So it's fun to try to teach people about it and get them excited about it and so that's what I try to, you know, our mission statement here at the museum is to share the excitement of the Kentucky Derby. And I'm always doing that anyway, and now I get paid to do it. So, An average jockey is probably about 5'3", 110. About 115 pounds is about the most they can weigh. But in the Kentucky Derby, every horse has to have the same amount of weight on their back when they're running the race. They all have to have 126 pounds on their back. So before the race, the jockey hops on a scale in the locker room. He'll have all his equipment with him. If he only comes to 120, they're going to have to add six pounds somewhere. Three ways they might do it. They might put a lead pad underneath the saddle. They have saddles that can weigh anywhere from a few ounces to a few pounds. And then they have saddles that have pockets on the inside. And they'll drop lead weight into those pockets to get to 126 pounds. Well, years ago, before we had all the cameras, when the jockeys would get to the far side of the racetrack, they'd start getting rid of that lead. So nowadays, that's what this little scale beside us is for. As soon as the race is over, they're going to hop on this scale. They have to prove they're still carrying 126 pounds around that racetrack. Any um, favorite parts of the museum or special exhibits? That you well, recommend? the time machine for me, that's where you can sit there and watch all the past derbies, no matter whatever one you want to watch. Uh, you know, I think the first, I think we have footage of the 1918 derby, and then I think we miss a couple of years, and then from about 21 on, we have film of about every derby. And to sit there and just watch all those derbies before I ever worked at the museum. I would just come over here in the wintertime and go in there and sit and just watch all the past derbies. Which one should we watch? Mind That Bird, 2009. Uh, if you watch him, uh, the ride that he got from his jockey that day, Calvin Burrell, was incredible. Uh, 
and mine that bird was so far behind everybody else the announcer didn't even see him <laughs> you'll hear the announcer say last place is mr hot stuff and then all of a sudden he realizes, oh, wait a minute, I missed one. Way back there is my net bird. And then and if you watch that race, at the end, they'll show an overhead blimp view. And when you see the move that jockey made, when he came up that rail, there was a very narrow opening. It takes some guts to go through there going 40 miles an hour on a horse. And he shot right through that rail, and then he was gone. So to me, that's one of the best ones to watch. Well, thank you so much You're for your welcome. time. And you're welcome. Thank you. All right. So... It was really great talking to uh, Barry Northern, um, and I learned a lot. I know. I really thought that I knew a lot about the Kentucky Derby, but, like, he schooled us. <laughs> he, he taught us things that I had no idea about. Yeah, I, I really didn't know that stuff about the, like, the jockeys throwing out their, right? their yeah. weights. Um, uh, any takeaways from the museum? It's beautiful. Yeah. It really is beautiful. There is, I mean, we could, we only spent a, maybe an hour there, yeah. but I, you know, if you wanted to engage with all the interactive stuff that was there, you could spend barely four or five hours there, really diving into derby history. Mm-hmm. Um, but beautifully arranged museum. Yeah, and we did end up watching uh, Mind That Bird's race. Probably yes. again. I think you probably saw it the yeah. first time. Uh, and then when I was going through and editing the sound, I watched <laughs> uh, all of Secretariat's um, Triple Crown races. Did you I really? was looking for the one. It's the Belmont. No, I think it is the Belmont. He says it in some of the audio um, that he won by like so many. Oh yeah. So many lengths, and I started with the Derby, and then. I was like, oh, maybe it's the Preakness. Okay, now I've watched that for them. It's obviously Belmont. And it's really, the clips that are available are on YouTube have this dramatic music right. uh, to them. And it's kind of like, oh, But he so was cheesy. a really beautiful horse. Yeah, but still. Like, really beautiful horse. Yeah, it's hard to tell from that, like, 70s footage. But, I mean, you can see that horse yeah. going and going. And it's, it's fun to watch. That's so So if cool. you have... You know, if you've worn yourself out on cat or baby goat videos. Um, <laughs> Which you can never do. <laughs> and need to watch something different. You know, Secretariat's Triple Crown Races. They're on YouTube. Ah, so what else have you been up to? I had a really great weekend. I mean, we did the Derby Museum and... We did a tasting at Bourbon Barrel Foods, mm-hmm. and then on Sunday we went to the Cherokee Festival Art Fair. Yep. Did you did you Cherokee Triangle Art Triangle Festival? Art Festival <laughs> Fair Fair thing at Fair Street Street Fair Fair. Did you make any purchases? I did not. I did not. But it was beautiful. And yeah, it was, it was such a great night. Fair. Sure. On Sunday, I'm like, I worked up a sweat, which was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I was strolling and I worked up a sweat. It was lovely. Yeah, I I did actually buy a broom. Did you really? Yes, and I will use it maybe once a year to sweep my balcony. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to use the same broom inside and outside. Right. I clean sometimes. Um, and you went to see Shakespeare in the Park. Oh, right. yeah, twice, actually, yeah. Whoa. Since, I, since we last spoke. Yeah, I saw Hamlet in the park. Um, it's, you know, the Kentucky Shakespeare production of Hamlet in the park, and it's currently making its way through nine Louisville parks um, with a 90-minute version of Shakespeare, of Hamlet, which is 
awesome. Yeah. It really, I mean, you know, anybody who feels flummoxed by Hamlet or Shakespeare or whatever is going to actually find the 90-minute version of, of Hamlet is very concise, very um, direct, and very understandable. Um, so I saw it in a park in South Louisville two weeks ago, and then on Saturday I saw it in Tyler Park. Mm-hmm. To get it all dried up? Yes. <laughs> After the sewer, the, yeah. Sewer, water main. Water main think, break, yeah. yeah. On Eastern and, and uh, Baxter. Um, but it's fantastic. And there's still one, two, three, I guess three more weeks of this particular 90-minute Shakespeare. And mm-hmm. then it will return again during the summer regular Kentucky Shakespeare season in a full, like, three-hour production. And so they'll add, like, 14 more actors. Oh, wow. To the production and actually do the whole thing. And how many are they doing it with? Eight. No. Now there's eight okay. actors. I think I need to. Now that I've accomplished Derby Museum, Humana Festival. Yes. I think Kentucky, Kentucky Shakespeare, Shakespeare is to be on my next like mid-year resolution, my spring to summer resolution. Well, excellent. Um, I say excellent on this podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I but Louisville is excellent. It is excellent. <laughs> it's my new life, or it's an addition to saying like all the time. Great. <laughs> well, Melissa, after all that weekend fun, what do we have to look forward to in the next couple weeks? I am super duper looking forward to the fact that I will actually be on the Bell of of Cincinnati for the Steamboat Race on Wednesday. I have watched the steamer race almost every year that I've lived here, and it's my favorite part of the whole Derby Festival. It's so much fun. Just, you know, and I know it's rigged. It's like, you know, (laughs) WWF or whatever, but it's (laughs) it's still so much fun to see these beautiful, beautiful um, steamboats race up and down the Ohio River, and this time I get to be on... What is so I'm so excited. And you've been doing a lot, or I mean, I guess more than normal um, coverage of the Belle of Louisville, what with the... Yeah. What uh, her centennial The centennial in October. Up. So you've been on the Belle a couple of times. Of but Louisville. I've never been on her when, when she was moving. Right. So now you're going to go on the Belle of Cincinnati. So yes. you'll still have to go on the Belle of Louisville right. while she's moving. But nonetheless... Right. In this this way, I get to take pictures of the Belle of Louisville yes. while she's moving. So who do you think is going to win? Belle of Louisville, of course. Does she always win? <laughs> I am going to eat so much in the next couple of days that I'm going to weigh down <laughs> the Belle of Cincinnati. Okay, good So I can't that. move fast enough. Got some whipped cream in the fridge for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. What time does the race start? Six. Okay. And do you know, usually, I mean, obviously, depending on how much you've eaten, it'll take longer, <laughs> but approximately how About long? About two hours. Okay, wow. That's a, that's a <laughs> long race. Right. <laughs> well, great. We're um, hoping the weather shapes up. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's been, well, it's the, uh, the little dashboard weather app thing is showing 67 and partly cloudy right. on Wednesday, so... Um, Hopefully it 
Yeah. It holds. And while we're talking about whether our hearts go out to the people of Louisville, Mississippi, who got hit by a tornado today, and it's pretty awful. I missed this news. I heard about, um, I think, Oklahoma. In Tupelo. Louisville, Mississippi. Yeah. Who knew? I know. I had no and idea. They, do they, are they a Louisville or are they a Louisville? Like I don't. Colorado? I don't know. Okay. But it's pretty bleak. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, tornadoes. Yikes. Um. All right. Well, of course we have the Derby to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, oh, May is here. Um, and oh my god, I can't believe it's May. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, May is here. <laughs> um, and our, 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 we've had sort of a, a theme of mentioning Alex Wright on yeah. our last few podcast episodes. Um, so he's doing what now? Singing. <laughs> he's singing at the Mayor's Art and Music thing. It's a once a month thing <laughs> at the mayor's gallery or the yeah the mayor's gallery in city hall um <clears throat> where they invite uh both visual artists to display and musical artists to perform um the last or the first thursday i guess of every month and he's going to be there um with most of his band and it's at noon on may 1st and it would be a lovely lunchtime concert. You yeah. bring your own lunch. You're, um, because of like the uh, historic nature of the paintings in the mayor's gallery, you're not allowed to bring your own drinks. Um, you can bring your own lunch, but they'll provide Louisville tap water for you. What is that? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Is it like soda carbonation? I don't know. Do they think you're going to spill your throat and throat? But like if I was going to spill my Coke, could I just as easily spill my like quinoa? <laughs> right. Or <Yeah>. soup? <laughs> um, now you're, you're, you know, welcome to bring a box lunch, but you're not allowed to bring a soda or a coffee or like soup. Soup is essentially yeah, soup. I have no idea. That's food, right? That's smoothies. Okay. Oh my god! You know what? Speaking of soup, that's food. <laughs> I bought one of the back when I was feeling sick a couple weeks ago. I bought the Campbell's chicken noodle soup in a cup. It's like a cup holder sized cup, and it was awful. It was so so bad. First of all, it was really thick. Like, you know, you when you get a can of soup, you normally thin it out with water. Uh-huh. This felt like it was like a, you know, non-thinned out soup. But then all the chicken and all the, like, the noodles floated the bottom. So you spent, like, you know, most of the time drinking, like, oh, just chicken broth. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you were, like, choked with. Ew. Yeah, it was gross. Next time you should just get ramen. <laughs> or... <laughs> Let your friends bring you something. Right. It was awful. Because, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, well. <laughs> Sorry, Good to just know. had to say. Don't FYI. buy Campbell's soup. In a cup. Noodle. In a cup. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> well, one of my favorite events is coming up 
And that's the how-to festival. I oh, guess. so fun. One of my favorite library events. Um, this is taking place again on May 10th at the Maiden Library from 10 to 3. Uh, I, I wish they would do this like twice a year. Oh, at least. At least. Um, we've got everything from how to play cornhole to how to <laughs> fence, how to buy art on a budget. Wow. Um, uh, we will link to the how to festival schedule so you can plan out your day. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, I also read uh, recently on Inside of Louisville um, an article about Cherokee Park and how it needs to be saved. Yes. <laughs> um, which is kind of relevant because I've recently seen a lot of signs in the park. I'm in there like every day about how we should volunteer and I feel like I should volunteer if not maybe give some money um, so I was on their website looking at some upcoming events and I noticed that there's a plant ID stroll with Patricia Harrigan who's a botanist and an author who uh, I think fairly recently or I only just recently noticed um, uh, the book The Olmsted Parks of Louisville A Botanical right. Field Guide Nice um, it has a very striking cover with flowers on it. I'm a sucker for flowers. So, uh, so this stroll through uh, the Louisville Nature Center will take place on May 21st from 1 to 3 p.m. And I guess she walks you through and points out what plants are, which I'm always oh, cool. eager to be able to name some different plants. Um, if you're interested and also want to show off to your friends on nature walks uh you can register and we'll put a link to that on our site um, the class is limited to the first 12 um, people but there i think are going to be other um, similar events as well so if you miss this one um, it's not your last chance it's ten dollars for members and fifty dollars for everyone else so not bad yeah definitely do so what's um, melting your butter these days? Mm. Melting my butter is eggs. <laughs> More food. Yeah. Uh, we bought this, well, Gabe bought this book by Michael Ruhlman. It's called Egg, a culinary, <laughs> culinary exploration of the world's most versatile ingredient. And uh, it just sort of takes you through all of the things you can do. With eggs. It's a huge book. So there must be many things there, you can do with eggs. There are. We tried to do the warm, hard-cooked, creamy yolk egg with ham <laughs> and cheddar twice now. And I'm just not getting the creamy yolks yet. I'm creamy following the, the, the directions, but they're just mostly done through. So I need to... Have you had a creamy yolk meal elsewhere like if you had something like that, that in a restaurant i mean i've had runny yolks mostly right yeah some creaminess <laughs> man no, i love i love the eggs so this I i'm looking it. forward to they've got uh, he's got a recipe for coconut cake and different cakes oh, wow. and like ramen and uh with an egg in it so yum you know what else goes in eggs or eggs go in our cakes. Don't miss Let Them Tweet Cake on <laughs> Wednesday, May 6th at 6.30. If you're um, 
interested in technology, Louisville, apps, social media in general, um, come join us. Uh, this event is organized by Michelle Jones, and it's been on a bit of a hiatus, but we, we are happy to see it back and would love to Absolutely. see it there for some discussion <laughs> and cake, which has eggs in it. Yeah. Which is how that's relevant. <laughs> Melissa, what is melting your butter? Um, well, this weekend, Linda and I got to go to a Bourbon Barrel Foods test kitchen tasting of uh, 610 Magnolia Chef Nick Sullivan's foods that he makes with Bourbon Barrel food condiments mm-hmm. and it was like freaking amazingly good <laughs> it was so good we had a three course meal um and honestly my the first course blew my mind he took sushi grade tuna mm-hmm. and then some other fish do you remember the name of the fish was it started with the u like umachi, umachi or, something? or something i don't know and then he used some sort of enzyme to bind them together. And then he seared it and presented it on a bourbon barrel stave that had been in the oven and was like burning for a while. <laughs> it was like it was like seriously like a, it was still cooking when it was on the stave. Um, the second course was beef. Beef. Several beefs. Beef cheeks. And beef other cheeks beef. and other, uh, yeah, and it, <laughs> some of them or one of them was um, kind of pickled with like pastrami pickling mm. stuff, and then the final course was a lemongrass mousse gel on some sort of pureed cookie crust. Yeah. But the best part was the the black sesame puree whatever was yeah. delicious. There was sorghum foam and lemon Oh, sorghum foam, right. On this like cookie, like, it was like sesame seed cookie or sable or something like that anyway. Right. But there was, was also like a squirt of black. Yeah, the sesame, sesame, yeah, sesame seed yeah, puree. Puree. It was all really good. It was so good. I've never been to 610 Magnolia. No. Yeah, save our coins. <laughs> yes. But now I'm suddenly like, I, I need to the go list. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the one thing I learned that I might use in the future, since I don't have like a smoking gun, <laughs> or probably won't buy enzymes that make two fish fishes one. <laughs> two fishes one. It's like the Bible. It's not like the Bible. Um, but supposedly if you are sauteing things like vegetables a lot, you should just use like vegetable oil or right. canola oil, not, but not extra virgin right. olive oil. I was surprised to be there too. Yeah. I just use that for like everything. So, right. Well, friends, <laughs> episode 45 has been a lot of work, <laughs> but thank you for listening. But we kind of slacked off the next episode 44. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Please let us know what you're looking forward to. Um, Give us some derby stories. uh, What's melting your butter? Um, On Twitter, you can tweet us at LouNotKY. You can leave us comments on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Louisville, Kentucky. 
Um, our website is louisvillenotkentucky.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Please, if you have a moment, leave us a review. Give us some stars, preferably five. Uh, and tell your <laughs> friends. Um, for Louisville, not Kentucky, this has been episode 45. I'm Linda. And I'm Melissa. Thanks for listening. Bye. Happy Derby.